let's take a look at the word. Uh, Luke chapter 8. We're going to be looking at verse, uh, well, let's start with 26. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. I really believe if, if, you, if you get this today, God's going to change your perspective in a radical way. I really do. The Bible says they, that would be Jesus and his disciples, sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes. Ha! Woo! Lord have mercy. He was a sight for sore eyes, wasn't he? Or lived in a house. But he lived in the tombs. Somebody say tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Now, there he is worshiping Jesus, but then all of a sudden the conversation shifts and here's the spirits in him. I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was changed hand and foot, chained hand and foot, and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs were feeding there on the hillside. Demons begged Jesus to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, thank God, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. All the people of the region of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got in the boat, and he left. I want to look at this text really with a different mindset and a different set of eyes today. And I want to look at it from the perspective of a fight. Somebody say fight. That's the title of the message, fight. Say, say it again, say fight. Now I want you to look at your neighbor and go, what are you fighting for? Ask him, what are you fighting for? Let's pray. Father, you did not save us. To come and sit in a pew and soak up. You saved us to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You saved us to be a force. You have placed on us the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the. You called us to be fighters. Father God, sometimes we get so blinded and so selfish and so self-centered that we really don't even know what we're fighting for anymore. 
awaken us today. Let us rise up and become soldiers to fight for those things that you would have us fight for. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 is a command to every single Bible-believing Jesus freak. Okay, The Bible says, do not give the devil a foothold. Somebody say foothold. And most people, when we, when we read that, we apply that to anything and everything in our life. But the text literally means this. It says, do not give the devil a place. Do not give devil a space. Do not give the devil a, a, a location. Never give a space, a place, or a location over to the devil. Now, to have a location... That means that it implies ownership. And the problem is, as many of us in this room, we have a location that we really don't even realize that we have. So understand with me that God has given every single one of you a location, and that location is up under your authority, and you must be prepared to fight for that location. Now, personally, I have never been in a fight in my life because I'm a lover, not a fighter, all right? But here's the deal, church. Until you start bothering my stuff, then I'm going to fight you. I don't really care what you do on the... (laughs) Okay, I won't say it, Lord. I don't care what you do on the other side of the fence. I don't care if you mow your grass every single day. All right, I'm not going to bother you as long as you stay on the other side of my fence. But the moment you walk over my fence and you start trying to take my stuff, well, then another side of me comes out, and I'm like, I don't even know who boxes. Tyson, all right, I'll bite your ear off, okay? You'll see another side of me if you try to take my stuff. Why? Because anything that I understand to be mine that exists in my location... I'm going to fight for it. Somebody say fight. But here's the deal. What happens if you do not perceive on a day-to-day basis anything to be yours? What happens if you don't know you have a location? What happens when you realize you don't have stuff? What happens if God has given you a location, but you just don't know what you got? Could it be possible that every single one of us in this room are blind to the fact that we have a location and we got stuff in it? I would say to you today, church, that you have stuff on your location that you don't even realize. And when you have a location that you know not of, you cannot fight for anything in your life because you don't know what you're fighting for. And I am not talking about houses. I am not talking about buildings. I am not talking about tractors and pivots I am talking about what the Bible is talking about is a location, a region. Where in the world do you have influence? Where do you have effectiveness? Wherever you have influence and wherever you have effectiveness... Wherever you encounter people that you can influence or affect... That is your location... And that's the stuff in your location. 
So the Holy Spirit would ask you, who are the people in your sphere of influence? And then what the church is for is for a pastor to get up and begin to challenge you and say, what in your life? What in your personality? What in your behavior? What in your fleshly ways is diminishing the influence and the effectiveness with those people in your location? Because the who can be your wife. The who can be your unsaved husband. The who can be your kids. The who can be your co-workers. The who can be your friends. The who can be your next door neighbor. The what that's affecting can be your nasty attitude. It can be your behavior. It can be that habit that you want to hang on to that you never found in Christ. It could be the fleshly behavior that rises up in you that turns people off to your effectiveness and influence. Are you with me? So if you don't recognize who God has put in your location, and if you do not recognize what is affecting the influence in that location, you can lose that region and never know the possibility of what could happen. Are you hearing me this morning? So here's what you need to know. You have a region. But if you do not possess it, With the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ, you will lose it. And there's only one person that's going to gain it. And his name is Satan. Are you hearing me? you got to understand your position in Christ. It ain't, I got saved and I got life insurance. I bring my little family to the church. Hey, no. It's about I'm a soldier in the army of God. I've got a location, and the people that I see, I have influence over them. And if I don't start praying for them and pleading the blood of Jesus over them and walking the walk instead of just talking the talk, then there's going to be somebody that will own the location, and his name's the enemy. And I'm just at a point now that I have come too far to let the enemy have my stuff. Some of you have come too far to let the enemy have your kids. Some of you have come too far to let the enemy have your family. And it's time for a Holy Ghost riot to rise up in you and say, No, devil, you can't have my location. So as believers, we have to shift our perspective and realize that the enemy is after the region. He's after the region. So if I understand he's after the region, then it puts everything else in perspective. Because if I realize he's after the region, then I understand the tactic of the enemy trying to get to the region. See, what he will do is he will begin to discourage you. He will begin to discourage you with friction in your life. He'll begin to discourage you with storms in your life. He'll begin to discourage you with problems, situations, and circumstances in your life. They take place in your life to discourage you. And then when you get discouraged, what happens? You get frustrated. And if you're a frustrated believer, day to day, what happens then? When you're frustrated, it creates a lack of initiative. And when you have no lack of initiative, you roll over and you no longer fight. Are you hearing me? It is so easy. He's been doing it for years. 
It's time for us to wake up. And realize the friction, the problems, and the storms just to bring discouragement to where I could be frustrated to where I'll no longer have initiative. And there's somebody in here that's walked in this place and you are discouraged. But you got to realize. you got to realize down deep in your spirit that today is the day to rise back up to my feet and fight for my stuff. You can't sit here and let the enemy take your marriage. You can't sit here and let the enemy take your son. You can't sit here and let the enemy take your daughter. With a couple we were with last week, uh, uh, their daughter went to uh, a school and it became a hellacious place. And that mama got down in the basement and she went to war and she fought and she said, God, I want to see this thing happen. And it happened exactly the way she prayed it because she rose up and she fought and she said, Satan, you will not have her. Because she was discouraged. The daughter was frustrated. She could have lost her initiative. But mama fight. Are you hearing me? See, we've all come too far. I have taken you too far in the past seven years for you to roll over and let him have your stuff. None of us should sit here without a fight. Amen? So recognize you were in a fight. But see, most people never think of the storms... They never think of their problems. They never think of their frictions as related to your purpose. They, they think, well, this is just something that just happened. It just happened. Now, hear, hear, hear me out. Some things do just happen, all right? But I believe that those big things, that that big thing came from somewhere. Are you hearing me? Because most everything has a beginning. But it takes a discerning man and a discerning woman of God to discern that this thing, this storm, this friction, this situation is an attack from the enemy. And here's what I would tell you. Do not accept All things as normal. Because when you accept all things as normal, you accommodate your life to something that was never meant to be. Yeah, that one's tough. Let's go back to the couple. Let's say they just accepted the girl going to school and the hellacious situation that she encountered as well, these are just kids today. She's just going to have to buck it up and get over it. And then tell her, accommodate your life around it and just accept it as normal. Uh-uh. That was an attack from the enemy trying to come after a godly girl that has been trained up in the ways of the Lord. And mama and daddy said, we're not going to accept this thing is normal. You will not accommodate your life around it. They switched her to another school because that was never meant to be in God's plan in the first place. Are you hearing me? Y'all going to have to stay with me today, okay? Somebody say, I got to fight. I don't care what the enemy's after. I really don't. You got to fight. 
I will never accommodate my life around something that was never God's will for my life. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's your toe. You got to fight for your toe, amen? I don't care if it's your arm, it's your kids, it's your companies, it's your finances. Maybe he's attacking your personality. I don't care what it is as a Christian. I got to learn how to wake up, rise up, and fight the enemy. And listen to me, we got some young people in this place today, and I would challenge you that it doesn't matter what age or stage you're in. Just because you were a 16 doesn't mean that you can't fight in the heavenlies against the principalities and powers of darkness. David was a boy when he killed Goliath. Are you hearing me? And don't let this fat fool you, baby. I'm still going to fight, amen? Don't let these gray hair fool you. I'm going to fight in the spirit. If I'm a woman, I'm going to fight. If I'm old, I'm going to fight. Until the day that I take my last breath, I'm going to fight for my stuff in my location. Can you give him praise? I like my old mentor. He'll be here for Pastor Appreciation Day. Me and Carrie kind of laugh and giggle at him. But when he starts talking about the enemy, he goes get to say it. He says, Satan, I will not roll over and I will not play dead. If I have to click, uh, kick, if I have to claw, if I have to bite you in the stinking nose, I'm coming after you. And I can just imagine my pastor getting in a fight with the enemy and biting his nose off. Are you hearing me? But that's the mentality that you got to have, that something's got to rise up in you, a supernatural. Holy Ghost fight has to rise up in your spirit today. Amen? So who's ready to fight? Okay. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you some nuggets. Some things that are in this text that I believe are relevant to your situation where he has brought discouragement. Where he is trying to annihilate you from being a fighter. But before I show you, let's just go over the text again and let's just bring it down in its most simplistic form. Before this text, you have to understand that Jesus just got off of a turbulent cruise. Okay? It was the storm where the disciples were like, and woke up Jesus and Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. It was one of those storms that came out of nowhere It was a turbulent cruise, but he reached his destination. Jesus steps out on the location, and it's a place called the Gadarenes. Gadara is about ten different provinces. And you have to understand that this was not a cute little story to where we learn how to cast out demons, okay? This is a story where Jesus purposely went in that location to bring about change. So he steps off the boat. Here comes this wild and crazy guy. And he comes running towards you. And when the man gets close to Jesus, the Bible says that the man falls down at Jesus' feet and we see him worshiping because he says, You are the Son of God Most High. But then the spirit shifts in him and then the crazy man says, Don't torment me. In other words, don't fight me, Jesus. And as he worships Jesus, a conversation begins between this man and between Jesus. And what we're seeing is the negotiation of Jesus and the spirits. Because the spirits say, if we must leave this man, 
Don't make us leave the location. Are you seeing it? Let us just hang around the region. Let us hang out in the pigs. Because if we can hang out in the pigs, we can still bother people. Are you hearing me? Now, after the negotiation, Jesus cast out the demons, uh, puts them into a herd of swine, and then we see, you know, all these little piggies, they didn't go to market. They ran down and they fell inside of the, uh, a lake. Now, here's what I want you to notice. All of the herdsmen were so shocked that they ran into the city. Somebody say city. And they told the people in the city, say city, what had happened. Told the city, come see Jesus. Y'all are deader than a doornail. Because, see, that excites a pastor. That excites a pastor. For the church to run out into the panhandle and tell the city, come see what Jesus is doing, baby, that's revival. That is revival. The city came out to see Jesus. But here's the deal. If it hadn't been for the demons, there wouldn't have been a miracle. If there hadn't been a miracle, there wouldn't have been revival. Because the city comes out to see Jesus. If you've been with me long enough, let me see if I've done my job right. How many of you in here want the city to come to Northfield to see God move? I'm just looking for the hands that are not raised because I got to pray for you. Something wrong with your spirit. Amen? Let's go back through this. Understand that before Jesus lands on the shore, what does Jesus go through? A storm. Some friction, a problem, a situation, a circumstance. And he goes through this storm to get to this man, a hairy, stinky, smelly, gnarled up, weird man. But he comes through the storm to get to this man. And the very fact, before he even went through the storm, he told his disciples, let's pass over to the other side. There was purpose for his power. Are you hearing me? Jesus gets on the boat. He reaches the other side because he wanted to take over the location with his glory. Are you seeing that this morning? Are you with me? So hear me real good. Whenever in your life you get ready to take authority over the people in your location, whenever you get ready to say, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Whenever you get ready, say, we will train up this child in the admonition of God. Whenever you say, I'm tired of arguing, honey, we're going to line up our marriage with the word of God, you better expect a storm to show up somewhere. You better expect it. And see, what I'm worried about right now of this church is that you would rather remain lukewarm. 
half-hearted. Because I can tell you right now, a lukewarm, half-hearted believer is absolutely no threat in their location. He don't care what you do. Just stay half-hearted, stay lukewarm. That is why these churches are not packed. There are 17,000 people in this community. There's enough people in this community that aren't saved to fill these churches over several times, but we're not winning them because we're too half-hearted, lukewarm. We're not rising up and fighting for them. And the enemy's like, ha, 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 I got you right where I want you. But see, the moment you make a decision to offer your body as a living sacrifice to God and you begin to break away from who you were and start living a Christ-centered, spirit-filled life in your location, that's when the enemy gets nervous of you. That's when all hell begins to tremble from you. Are you hearing me? Jesus was fighting for that region. And most people never connected. They never connect the storm and the story. See, the storm was sent to stop Jesus. Because if you read about the storm, it came out of absolutely nowhere. If you read about the storm, it was so bad, Jesus had to rebuke the wind and the waves just to get to the other side. We just think it's a fancy little story where we can rebuke things. But no, Jesus is showing us a bigger picture. It's not about you. It's about him getting to the other side. And what you've got to realize here is the storm was Satan's first responder. Boys, let's get in with this one. And it was a first responder to send the storm to try to stop Jesus to get to this man in the first place. Take a look at your life. Think about the past. Every time we've had services where you felt the unction of the Holy Spirit moving you into a... Look, you sign up for those classes, I can guarantee you a storm. Now, we'll probably only get one person. That's me signing up for it. But when you make the decision, I am going to go deeper... I am going to get into the word. First responders are going to come out and usually all hell begins to break loose in your life because you decide to go deeper. A storm is always sent to stop your influence and to stop your effectiveness in your location with the people around you. Are you hearing me? But see, most of the time you never connect the storm to your journey. You never connect the storm to the goal of going after Jesus. But it can be a strategic attack. And the enemy will always do things early to stop you from being all who God's called you to be in your location. Are you with me? Now, the great thing about Jesus is Jesus gets through the storm. The great thing about us is he is in us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And we, too, can get through all storms. But he does land on the land. Yeah. He gets through the storm, and when Jesus says, let's pass over to the other side, I have my power, it's for a purpose, I'm going to go take over that location. It was about the geography. It was about the geography of conquering that location with his glory. And what we see in the man is he had enough in him that when he saw life, somebody say life, when he saw life, I said when he saw life, 
when he saw Jesus, when he saw the light of the world, when he saw the living water, he stepped as soon as he stepped foot on the location, that demonic man felt the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost and he ran and he fell on his knees to get to the life and the light and the living water. And he comes down and he worships him. What I want you to see is it's like you. He was worshiping in torment. Sometimes some of you have sweet, pure worship and you just get lost in the things of the Spirit and that's good. But some of us come on Sunday morning and we're conflicted. We're conflicted because all week long you got two elements fighting in your brain. Two things fighting against each other. Some of you in this place, some of you got one mind telling you to do one thing and the other mind telling you to do something else. It's the simple flesh versus the spirit, the battle in all of us, and it's which one's going to win. You come into this church and, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit saying, step into spiritual warfare. Begin to fast and pray for your spouse. But the other mind says, forget it, just get a divorce. It ain't worth it. One man says, rise up and fight for that child. And the other mind says, but did you see how she disrespected you? One mind late at night says, get on your knees and pray. One mind early in the morning says, make it to the 930 prayer and pray for your church. And the other mind says, I'm too tired. It ain't going to help no way. Ain't nothing going to happen. And the problem is, is we live a life and we never transform our conflicted mind with the Word of God. And if we do not transform our conflicted mind with the Word of God, we can lose our effectiveness in our location. But when you learn to wake up, and get the mind of Christ and take authority over every high thing, every imagination that it would exalt itself against the word of God, you can maintain position and authority and influence and effectiveness in your location. Are you hearing me this morning? Now watch this. The demons did not care one bit about this man. The man was not their goal. Jesus comes along and the demons didn't even worry about leaving the man. The goal of the demons were the region. Are you hearing me? So get it through your skull. The devil ain't interested in you, baby. Oh, the devil's just after me this week. He ain't interested in you. He's interested in discouraging you. Get you frustrated, where you'll lose your initiative. You'll step out in the flesh and tell them what you think, and then you lose your effectiveness and your influence with those people because he's after the region. You got to understand this is a bigger fight than you, baby. This ain't about you, this is about the region. And the enemy will do anything he can to stay in the region. Are you hearing me? 
That's why in the panhandle, he, he lulls you to sleep. Keeps you apathetic of the things of God. Why? So there will never be a move of God. You wonder why you're so tired. You fall asleep in a spirit-filled church. It's the devil lulling you to sleep. Are you hearing me? We got to wake up to the attack of the enemy. And since the enemy is real, the fight never started with you. What? Go back through your history. That demon's been in your family a long time. He's been in the region a long time. What do you mean, pastor? Ah, well, he just stirred up your daddy to get really angry and slap your mama. Now look what you're doing. Are you hearing me? Ah, he just stirred up your mom and daddy to have some drinks. What do you do? You can't even survive without a six-pack. Can I tell you why I don't drink? How many of you would attend this church if you found me down at Chili's boozing it up and cussing like a sailor? How many of you would? Because I'd lose my influence and my effectiveness. If you drove by my house and all you could hear is arguing and me actually throwing my wife's clothes out the door, how many of you would even listen to me when I start talking about marriage? I would lose my influence and effectiveness. This ain't about beating you over the head with the Bible and telling you you're going to go to hell if you're going to drink. This is about your influence and your effectiveness. Why would you want to be out there boozing it up and people seeing you on Facebook with your wine spoliolio there with your dinner and going, immediately they go, can't listen to nothing they say. But we've come to a society in the church where it's become acceptable, but in reality, you're losing your influence and your effectiveness. But by golly, listen to me, as your pastor, yeah, my convictions may be stronger than yours, but I do it for a reason, and that is lead you into the glory of God to where when I get up here, you listen because I have influence and effectiveness over your life. can to stop the word. Amen? We ain't going to let him. Just good stuff. Look, the enemy will try to stay in your behavior. He'll try to stay in your habits. He'll try to stay in your location. And anything in you that does not reflect the character of Christ will diminish your influence and effectiveness with the people in your location. So I thank God that I'm in a church that preaches the infallible word of God. Help me, pastor, to get this thing out of my life to where when I encounter somebody in my life, I can have influence and effectiveness because they can look at me and say, what hope is it that you have? I want what you got. How can you endure this without getting half drunk? But you just think we're a bunch of preachers that want to rail on drinking. Drink all you want, but you'll never be an influencer or effective in this community. Are you hearing me? See, I've come to Nebraska of an assignment, and that is assignment to raise up a Holy Ghost army that God's glory can invade the panhandle. And I say with this church, it stops today, and we've got to rise up and fight the enemy. 
pastor, it feels like he's fighting me. So he's after your location. Don't be distracted by what he's doing to you. He's not after you. He's after the region. And if he can stop you from becoming like Christ because you're always walking in the flesh, then guess what? He can stop your kids from ever learning how to walk in the spirit. Woo, this is good. A lot of this ain't even in my notes. He's after your region. And the way he does it is he's affecting the region by keeping you just a normal, lukewarm, half-hearted Christian that thinks church is a good thing. Church is a good thing because it connects you to a living Savior that you can have a relationship with and he can affect the rest of your life. So the way to now start affecting our location is going, I'm going to be a spirit-filled believer. I don't care if it's 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, or 7 o'clock. Pastor, I'm going to be in your class because you're going to teach me how to walk in the spirit. You're going to teach me how to be a spirit-filled believer. You're going to teach me how to pray. You're going to teach me how to go into spiritual warfare, and I'm with you. I'm going to take back this location with you. Because a spirit-filled, on-fire believer is a powerful force in the kingdom of God. And it's a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And yeah, there's going to be storms. It's going to proceed. Anytime you say, I'm going to make changes in my life, be ready for a storm. Because he's scared to death. The enemy is scared to death of what you can become. A spirit-filled man will have influence with his kids. A spirit-filled, Holy Ghost woman of God will have influence with her daughter. And a spirit-filled church will have influence in a community. Are you hearing me? And I think that's something worth fighting for, is a community. And listen to me. You do not pull out supernatural warfare weapons to fight somebody that's not a threat. Are you hearing me? Satan's smart. He ain't going to pull out supernatural weapons to fight you if you're not a threat. If the enemy was never threatened by you, he would never send a storm to you. But when the storm comes, he's threatened of you because he knows you could possibly win that whole location to Jesus Christ. So he starts with the storm. Before you go deeper with God. He starts with a storm. As you commit to come into prayer time. He starts a storm. Before you plead the blood of Jesus over your babies. He starts a storm. Before you begin to say. I'm going to be really spiritual. Because there are two types of Christian. There's the carnal Christian. And the spiritual Christian. And that's what I'm teaching you how to be. See, the storm stops you by discouraging you and frustrating you so you lose your initiative, so you will not be powerful in the kingdom of God. But thank God Jesus comes through the storm. And you will make it through the storms too. But watch this, because it doesn't end with the storm. See, Jesus lands, and the enemy comes up with plan B. Boys, plan A didn't work, activate plan B. Now the enemy runs up, and since the enemy is scared to death of Jesus and could not stop the storm, plan B is let's negotiate. Don't kick us out of the region. 
let us stay in the pigs. We got some more tormenting to do. In other words, I've enjoyed tacking that joker. I messed him up real bad, didn't I, Jesus? <laughs> Couldn't live with anybody. Couldn't hang around anybody. Couldn't stay around anybody. Matter of fact, he couldn't even live with himself. I got him so good. You see the way I abused him? I enjoyed attacking him. I've enjoyed watching him suffer so internally that he's got to go into a solitary place. And some of you in this room, you've got an internal torment and you're self-inflicting your spirit with words. You think for one second that negative mindset you just inherited from your mama? You think for one second that low self-esteem that you got is just something that you were born with? Uh Uh-uh, baby. That's a demonic attack to self-inflict wounds on yourself, to second-guess yourself, to analyze yourself, to beat yourself up. Because what he will do is he'll keep convincing you internally in those solitary places of your mind that you are nothing, that you will never amount to anything, that you will never be loved, that you'll never be happy, that you'll never be set free, that you'll never get yourself together. And Satan enjoys attacking you mentally. Why? Because the enemy, if he can discourage you internally to create frustration inside of your spirit, it'll create a lack of initiative to fight, to sign up for a class, to get into a life group to get down here at the altar to lift up your hands in praise and push back the enemy. Y'all just better be glad I didn't have my third cup of coffee. I'll crank it up here in a moment, brother. Don't forget, the man was not the point. The region was. That's why the Spirit's starting to negotiate. I know you, Lord. We know what you got. We know your purpose always has power. And we're scared of your power. But our only request is, let us stay in the region. What does that mean? If you're strong and he can't have you, I'm going to get to you, little girl. If you're strong and I can't have you, I will get to your son. It's not about you. Wake up. It's about the location. And as long as Satan can have representation in the location, he control the region. And that, my friends, is what a church is for, to be the representation in the location, to take this place back. If we have to go into hell with a water pistol, baby, here I come. I'm going to squirt all of you. Are you hearing me? That's why it's important to get into a life group. That's why it's important to get. And this is not to get the numbers. I don't care about the numbers. I care about your spirit. I want to strengthen your inner man with the word of God. 
That's why it's important to train up a child in the things of God. Not just leaving it to the children's ministry to do it, but you go home and you reinforce it with worship and with prayer and Bible study and say, child, this is what you're going to face, but this is how daddy got through it. Are you hearing me? It's about conquering your region. Now watch this. This man had so much demonic influence that the Bible calls them legions. Legions are regimented, augmented, gathered together forces of the enemy. They are strategically designed to be placed over regions. And if you don't believe it, go into the Old Testament where Daniel was praying and the angels were held up because they had to go to war. They had to get through the legions over the region to bring about the miracle. They are designed and placed over territories to destroy and uproot whatever is godly. Legions is about organization. It's about structure. It is about order. Legions are trained and they are skilled soldiers marching at the same time to the beat of Satan's mind. And what you're fighting in your life is a strategic task force that's coming in your life to stop you from taking the region and stopping revival in the services. And there's your answer to why we got some lulls in here. One Sunday, you know what, we can all be hunky-dory and let's go after Jesus. And the next one's like, so yeah, I blame it on you. Because the same fire you had last Sunday, you need to be fanning that flame Monday through Sunday to where when you come in here, you're already burning for more of God. I shouldn't have to get up here and crank you up and preach you up into a frenzy. You ought to be coming here preaching to me. Amen? So they will stop a move of God. They'll stop fresh encounters from uh, coming. And I want you to understand this. This is not a random incidence that is coming against your family. It's not a random thing where God's presence can come in power and glory in one service and in the next one, you know what, we're all just yawning. And it ain't me. Don't you ever point your finger at me and say, well, if the pastor would just let the worship service go and he just let us break loose. I've been trying to break loose in this place for seven years. I've been trying to get you into a Holy Ghost fresh encounter with seven years. It's time for you to whoop me up into a frenzy. Are you hearing me? I better stay on my notes or we'll be here till 2. Are you with me? Are you getting anything? It's not a random fight. It's not a random storm. These are marching legions coming against to stop the influence and effectiveness of you. Stop the influence and effectiveness of the churches in the panhandle. That's why no denomination can ever get together and do something big. Because what he does is he puts pride in pastors and says, no, this is going to be my church. I'll do my thing. I'll get my own people. We're after the same thing, dummies. 
We're after the same souls, fighting the same devil, serving the same God. If we all got together in one Holy Ghost Spirit-filled fort, this town would turn upside down. And all the pastors that just heard me call them dumbies, it's www.idontgiveacrap.com. about the future. The question is, is what do you want that the devil has? What does this town want that the devil has? Because if he didn't want something, he'd never send the storms early. The storms come to stop what shall be. The laws and the spirit, it ain't him doing the law. He's attracted to your worship. It's you in your worship bringing the law. If we would all just come in here on fire for uh, worship, he would draw near to us as we draw near to him. But the enemy lulls us to sleep because he knows what this church and what you can be. So he tries to stop a fresh encounter with God because he knows if there's a church in this panhandle that gets on fire, people are going to come and watch them burn. It's about the future. It's about the purpose of God for your family. It's about the people in this community that are dying and going to hell. That you actually have influence on Monday through Saturday. Are you hearing me? It's about this church that wants a fresh encounter. It's about a preacher that will get up here and love you enough to say change your life. It's about our children's ministry raising up kids in the way they should go. It's about the prayer time from nine to uh, nine thirty to ten. The fight is over a fresh encounter with God that hasn't come to your life yet and hasn't come to this church yet. The devil. Do you know the devil has more faith than you? I know some of you. You know. Bless God, Pastor Carly Calloway. I've got faith enough to move the Scots Bluff Monument. Yeah, but Satan's got more faith than you. Because he believes in you. He understands your effectiveness if you just plugged into the spout where the glory comes out. Are you hearing me? He understands the effect of a church that's going after a fresh encounter with God. Or he wouldn't send storms to your life to discourage you before you come in here to where you'll lose initiative to lift your hands and praise him. And that's why as your pastor, I declare on you today, it is time to stop allowing him to take us, stand up and fight for your son, fight for your daughter, fight for your family, fight for your unsaved husband, fight for this community to where we can see what God has called us to be. That's why we must understand that none of us will ever reach our destiny when we stay locked up in a tomb. Huh? You will never be on fire for God hanging around that dead person in your pew. I love all of you. But if I was around somebody that was deader than a doornail, dear worship, I'd find a different seat. 
I'm just going to be real with you. If I was in a deadbeat church where there was no fire, I would leave the stinking town and find me. I drive, Me and Carrie drove 40 minutes to a church that was on fire and revival was every Sunday. Some of you in this room drive from Baird, and some of you in this room drive almost clear from uh, uh, to, uh, Wyoming. Why? Because there's fire and the Spirit of God in the house, and I don't know about you, but I can't be in no dead church. I ain't got nothing against churches. Somebody emailed me saying, why do you always talk about churches? Well, Jesus talked about more about the church in Revelation, so get over it. He came after me. He only had one church that he had something good to say about it. So if he can do it, I can do it too. Amen? It's about what shall be. And the devil has more faith because he's trying to stop you. And we'll never reach our destiny locked up in a tomb. We've got to come out of the tomb. And every Sunday, every time I open the word, I got to get to Jesus. And I got to find the life. And I got to find the life. And I've got to drink from the living water. And some of you need to come out of your cave. Your little comfortable, churchy cave. It's time to come out, even if the devil is on your back. I understand. I go through things too. There are times I don't even feel like getting up here and preaching because I'm going through things, but I got to get you and I got to get me to the feet of Jesus. So by God, I'm going to do it anyway. If you've got to come to church depressed, at least in your spirit say, I'm depressed, but I'm going to get to Jesus. I may be discouraged, but I'm coming to church anyway. i got to get to Jesus. i got to get to Jesus until I feel this thing come off of me. So whoever you are that wants to stay in your tomb and your cave, get out of my way. I'm sitting on the front row, and I'm going to spin around 27 times until it comes off. And God wants to do that. And He's showing you that He wants to do that. Because in our past services, we have been having some powerful times. Purpose. When God comes with a purpose, or when He sends His power, it's always for a purpose. God is sending His presence and His power To show you, I'm ready to liberate you. I'm ready to heal you. I'm ready to deliver you. As some people have spoken into my life this week, it is a turning point for your life every single Sunday. If you'll just get your mind and your spirit right and say, I don't care about you. I'm not going to live in no tomb. I'm coming out of my cave and i got to get to Jesus. Come on and praise Him in this place. That's why I'll tell you till I'm blue in the face. Satan don't mind you coming to church. He loves it when you sit in your pew and look like a pocketbook. That pocketbook right there ain't done a thing since she put it down. Hello? Are you hearing me? He loves it when you watch me like you're looking at a movie. Matter of fact, I, I thought maybe we should just serve popcorn to some of you because it, you look like you had a movie. <laughs> He's so funny. I like it when he gets cranked up. I guess everybody else is clapping. Thank God it ain't a rerun, amen.
some of you in this room, you need to come out of your cave. Because if you're a spectator every Sunday, Satan's okay with that. But the moment you come in this church, you say, bless God, I'm going to lift my hands. I don't have to have Melissa say lift my hands. I'm going to lift my hands on the first stinking note, baby. Because I'm going to worship. And the moment you start worshiping, the moment you start praying, the moment you say, I'm going to commit to a class, I'm going to dig inside my spirit, I'm telling you, the moment you do this to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords and say, you must be the son of the Most High God, Satan gets nervous because he understands if he sees a church lifting its hands and praising God, he is losing ground in that region. I told the prayer group this morning that the Bible says that from the lips of infants and children, I have ordained praise. And we stop it right there because we think little praise and children are cute. But God says that you are my child and I've ordained praise from your lips. And whenever you open up your lips and praise me, the rest of the verse says it pushes back the enemy. So this is not a praise service. This is a warring service where when we lift up our hands, the enemy flees. So that's why I tell you that the devil don't mind you just sitting there watching. It ain't for me. It does help sometimes. But if you ever got lost in worship, everything has to flee your reach. You got to learn to worship Jesus until the demons go. Learn to worship Jesus until you feel hell tremble. Why? Worship And the word takes back the region. It's not just worship. Worship and the word takes back the region. And I'm telling you, it is time. I better be careful. It is time for something to break in this place. It's time for something to break over this panhandle. It is time for sickness to break. It is time for depression to break. It is time for suicidal thoughts to break. It is time for our crazy youth that don't know who they are to break in the name of Jesus. Fear has got to break. Apathy over the churches have to break. A fresh encounter with God needs to sweep this place. But the devil don't want you to worship. He likes it when you cross your arms. He really loves it when you do this. What was that, Pastor? Keeping your mouth closed. As long as you keep your mouth closed, he can stay. You can't just do this to him. Because he can't read your mind. But if you open up your mouth and you declare the word of God over him. When you declare it from your heart and from the depth of your spirit. Standing on the solid rock of the word of God. He's got to go. So see, 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 see. We're hearing from people. There's a young girl in this service right now. 
She texts my wife when I was in Texas. She's like, I just want to go deeper. I'm, I'm just feeling that wooing of the Holy Spirit the pastor's talking about. We've got a young man uh, uh, that just recently got saved. He, 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 he's back now training to, uh, for more, training for uh, military police. But he's texting me and Facebooking me saying, I, I want more, Pastor. I, I want to go uh, deeper, Pastor. And you know why? It's because what happens is when you're sitting there and you start feeling the wooing of the Holy Spirit and you want to get in the class even though it starts at 9 o'clock. And when you're in the worship service and you feel depressed, but all of a sudden you, you can't help it, but you feel your hands starting to raise and the pastor gets to preaching and you don't know why, but now I'm standing up and I'm clapping. You've got to understand, that's the Holy Ghost trying to help you, to motivate you, to kick you in the backside, to take back the region. It's called an unction in your gunction is what my grandmother used to call it. She says, baby, do you ever feel the unction of the Holy Spirit moving you to pray? That's Him trying to help you to take back your location. If you ever feel it in a service, I'm just sitting there. This ain't my song. I don't like this song. Oh, hush your mouth. Get up and start singing it and push back the devil. Are you hearing me? Am I taking it too far, baby? Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. Won't get wound up here. She's a visitor. Don't worry. Come back next week. I'm the same way. (laughs) You got to take it back. And he will help you with that unction inside of your spirit. Now watch this and I'll I'll get out of your hair hopefully. I don't even see where it says close. Oh, Graham Judd just Facebook. We need to dance. We need to shout. Okay, we'll do that in a minute. All right, watch this. I want you to understand something. Because most of you are going to look at me like, but you don't know what I'm going through. I hear you, Pastor, but you just don't know what I'm going through. You go through what I go through and see if you could get up there and worship and preach like you preach. Okay, 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 okay. Watch this. Look at how tough this man was. This man was tormented and in the tombs. This man was living with dead people. This man had so much on him that when Jesus transferred the demons, it had to be a herd of swine to handle the tack that was on that man. So don't you walk in here and tell me, I got so much on me. This one man was under so much stuff that it took a herd of pigs. But look at your neighbor. Go ahead and get it out of your system. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have any idea how much is on me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell him. He don't know what he's talking about. There's a lot on me. And look, I agree there is. But let me tell you what I see. You're tough. I've never seen a bunch of tougher people in my life. See, there's one thing about Westerners versus old Southern Georgia boy. Westerners are tough. They'll push through anywhere. Now, Georgia, we may be, woo, woo, Jesus, and we get to dancing and all that, but then we go home. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I got to hang there. The devil is after me. See, you're tough. And what is on you is not natural. 
And what is on you, yes, it's not normal. And I understand, some people couldn't even handle the pressure that was on you. But you were tough. Anybody else that had to do what you had to do would have blew their brains out. Anybody else that was handling the storm that you're having to handle, they would have committed suicide. Anybody else who would have had to go through the friction that you have been through, they would have had to take a class called underwater basket weaving. If you've ever seen a basket weaved, it's going to take so long, you're going to drown underwater. So even though you've had a lot on you, you have survived. You have survived and you have gotten through it because you're tough. But understand, church, you have survived. This church has survived attack after attack. This church in its history, though it may be a fading memory, has split. It has had a rough go, but this church has survived. And the uh, uh, in the future, it's going to be better than what it was in the past. But today, regardless of what this church went through, regardless of what you have been through, though there may be a spirit of heaviness, today I declare, down in your spirit feel it down deep it's time to fight with your worship and with the word coming forth out of your lips to push back the enemy the Bible says out of the heart flows the issues of life whatever issue you brought in here If it's weighing you down, if you would open your mouth and learn how to release it to God, you would be healed. Let me tell you, if I was a smart pastor, I would discourage you to worship like you worship because it runs most people off in the panhandle. They like a quiet, reserved. Let's just be holy and not say a thing. How dare we even clap? I, I wasn't even going to wear Anyway, I mean, it's just so stoic. I'm like, how? They don't even open up their mouth. So here's a dumb pastor encouraging you to open your mouth, which is not a great church growth uh, uh, principle here in this panhandle. But the reason I keep praise, uh, encouraging you to praise and worship, because I don't care what they think, I care about my flock, and it's because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. And when you learn to release whatever's in your heart, and if you learn to open up your mouth, God will move. Well, I just don't believe that, Pastor. Okay, look at Scripture. Look at the power of worship. This demoniac man would have stayed bound if he kept his mouth closed. But when he felt the anointing of God, he ran to Jesus. He opened his mouth in worship and he was delivered. If your mouth stays closed, you will always suffer in silence. But the moment you learn to open up your mouth and release your heart in worship, your torment in the tomb and solitary places, it can be over in the name of Jesus. 
So let me encourage some of you. Stop fighting for control. What do you mean? Well, yes, God, I don't care how much glory's in this house. I will not get undignified in the holy church. Who taught you that silly mumbo-jumbo? Run the pews if you want to. Quit fighting the Holy Ghost for control. Now, I ain't talking about being stupid and getting out of control, okay? Because then you're just freaky. (laughs) Kind of like the demoniac man. But when you try to stop being so dignified and proper, and you learn to open up your mouth and release the issues, it will fall off of you, I promise. There was so much on this man that when it did fall off and run into the pigs, they drowned themselves. Pigs couldn't even handle it. Learn to release what's on you in worship because you're claiming to the devil, I'm leaving my dead place and I'm going after the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you, fresh encounter in your life and in this church will happen. As the musicians come, let me show you one more thing and I'll get out of here. Y'all okay? Hey, we got to be back here by five anyway. I promise you, Charles is looking at me like, get, please get done. I promise you, four, 16 more pages. I'm just, I'm just playing with you. He wasn't looking at me like that. I just use people randomly, so if I ever use you, just Roll with it. uh, The man gets delivered. The pigs get bound. The pigs drown. This is, watch this. The herdsmen run to the city. The city comes out. And the herdsmen run to the city because they've never seen pigs commit suicide. It is not in the nature of a pig to go swimming. They like to wallow in the mud, but they don't like to go swimming. The herdsmen were so shocked at the miracle, they ran to the city, and now the city comes out to see Jesus. Now watch this. I hope you get it like I get it. The city saw God move. The city was an eyewitness to the fact that something happened here. The city could not deny that this was real. As they saw the man in his right mind, clothed and on fire for Jesus. But watch this. They asked Jesus, get out. Leave. Because they were not ready to receive it. Open your eyes. This town may not be yet ready to receive what we've got in this church. But we ain't going to stop. I ain't going to change who I am 
and become seeker sensitive and quench the Holy Ghost just to grow a church. I'm growing a movement and it's called a Holy Ghost movement. And they may not be ready for it yet, but baby, they are going to see it. They will witness it and they will know it's real. So here's what God is doing in the meantime. Don't miss it. I believe wholeheartedly revival's coming. They may not be ready for it yet. That's why we see people come in and, oh, that pastor gets to hooping and hollering and, and oh, my goodness, I just can't handle it. i got to go to a dead church. And that's fine. Because the longer they stay dead in their spirit, the more they're going to want the life when it comes. Amen. But watch this. When Jesus said, okay, I'm out, the man who had been possessed is now in his right mind. The man looks at Jesus and saying, you ain't leaving me with these folks. I want to go with you because that's where the anointing is. But you ain't leaving me. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. What did Jesus say? He said, no, you stay. Where? You stay in the region. Because I want you to stand in that place and tell them what great things I have done. Because everywhere I go, I will always leave a believing remnant to start a fresh move of God. You are the believing remnant in this town. And I'm telling you, you better stand with this pastor and keep telling them, look at the great things God has done in me. And come on to Northfield Church. He can do great things in you too. You are a remnant to a city that's not ready. But you stay burning. You stay on fire. You stay moving in the fresh move. And they will come. To a point where they will step in where God's moving. Are you hearing me? See, Jesus delivered this man. Delivered this man and told him to stay. To reach the region. I understand this community ain't ready for this. But God's ready for it. And he has delivered you and he's planted you in this church. Yes, some of you are church transfers, and that's okay. But it's because you're looking for something deeper, and you're looking for something more, and you think you found it here. And I'm telling you, get ready because you ain't seen nothing yet. Because he will use us to take over this region. Are you hearing me? I'll close with this. The enemy knows you're significant. And because you're significant and in this church, he knows this church is significant. Watch out for the storm. It will precede what God has for you. It will precede what God has for this church. The enemy knows how powerful you can be when you decide, watch this, to be committed. Where did I hear that? Oh, I think the pastor taught on that. I follow the call because I'm wooed. 
And because I'm committed and followed the call, I understand about my soil. So I'll keep tilling and I'll keep plowing my soil to where when the pastor plants a seed, whether in Sunday school class or the church, I'm going to be ready for that seed to bring forth a harvest in my region. Because when this town and when your friends see the difference between who you were and who you are now, now that you have this peace, and now that you have this joy, and they see your marriage turning around, when they see your kids living for God, all you have to do is tell them, come and see what great things God has done for me. So the question is, is are you ready to conquer your location? I said, are you ready to conquer your location? Stand to your feet all over this place. I don't have to point out nothing. You already know the things that are in you that are stopping you from being effective. That thing might be your marriage. That thing might be your behavior. That thing might be your habit that's never been in Christ. It might be your inability to control your anger. Whatever that thing is that is affecting your location, it's got to go. What do you need to fight for? What do you want back that you know that you have lost? In a moment of worship, you'll be shocked at what God can do in your life. You have a location as we close out. You need to ask the Lord, what is it in me that does not look like you that is causing me to lose my effectiveness and my influence in my location? Because the tomb, if you want to stay there, and the cave, if you want to stay there, it's for dead things. And that that dead thing could be your mouth that you're using to cuss out your kids. Instead of being a thinker and creative of using different language, you revert to something that's dead, so now all you do is cuss. You revert to something dead, which can be uh, 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 your anger. You revert to something dead that has no life in it, which could be a habit that profits absolutely nothing in your life. What is the dead thing? in your life because I promise you if you open up your heart and you worship that dead thing can fall off I said that dead thing can fall off and it's all about at the end of the day your effectiveness and your influence in your location to take back the region who here doesn't have a relationship with Jesus but you want one today would you lift up your hand Pastor, this all sounds good. I'd like to be a part of it, but I don't even know Jesus. I'd like to know Him today. If that's you, would you raise up your hand? Amen. A lot of home folks. We're going to go out on whatever song she wants to go out. This altar is open if you need it just to come as a symbolic to say, you know what, I'm laying down this habit. I'm laying down this behavior. I'm laying down this personality. I'm laying down this thing that is affecting my influence. You can do that if you want to stay at your feet or at your seat. Do that. But whatever you do, don't keep your mouth shut. You worship God until those things begin to fall off. Because you have a sphere of influence. That is your location. And it's time to win it with your life. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father.